Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our 32 for 32 series with a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that, you know, was being called the worst 11-0, wherever they were at, a team of all time, always kind of, you know, a tongue-in-cheek insult. Unfortunately, their season did not end the way they wanted it to, but obviously, if they can fix a thing or two, we are still looking at anyone's idea of a true contender. So I have a very special guest to help me break down the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers, ESPN NFL analyst, former scout. You can hear him on Steelers Nation. Radio, Locked On Dynasty, as well as Peacock and Williamson Podcast. Matt Williamson, you can find on Twitter, at Williamson NFL. Matt, thank you for the time and happy offseason, man. Yeah, you too, bud. This should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. As we were saying uh, pre-pod, you know, I feel like we just have three months, three plus months, even once uh, draft prospects get on the team. Always like to start the offseason off looking at each and every NFL team and get an idea of what they're looking at into the offseason. So very happy to have you on here. And with that said, let's get after it, man. What are your three main team needs for the Steelers ahead of this offseason? Yeah, and I'm going to set quarterback to the side. I mean, that's probably its own conversation. I think Ben will be back for one more year and you know, they're going to have to work on the dollar amounts to make that feasible. And Mr. Rooney already came out and said, we want Ben and Ben already came out and said, I want to be a Steeler, but the Steelers pretty much said, but something needs to be done financially. That aside, I think there's three needs that really jump to the forefront. And I host a show every day called the drive for the Steelers. I mean, I, I get paid by the Steelers directly. I'm at their training camp. I'm at their facility a lot. And when we do mock drafts, it's always the same. It's a running back. And I'm not even that big a fan of taking a running back super high. A center, Marquise Pouncey is going to move on. And a tackle. I mean, right now, Chooksakorafor is really the only tackle on the roster. And if you go to drafthistory.com or whatever, you'll notice, including Minka Fitzpatrick, the Steelers have gone like eight or nine years in a row using a first-round pick on defense. Well, the offense has suffered a little bit. They need to establish a running game. They need to rebuild an aging offensive line. And their running back play has been very poor for a while now. And yeah, that's the thing. Like, look, I, I think Steelers understand the whole NFL is pretty much coming around with the idea that it is now a pass first league. But sure. with that said, you got to be able to do something on the ground. We're talking about the league's single worst offense in yards per carry, 31st ranked offensive line, run blocking grade. So it does seem like you agree that this is not just, you know, a one player problem. They need to both look to rebuild the offensive line and maybe get some of a little more juice, more juice in that backfield. Without question. And I think people overlooked that last year. Like if you think about the 2019 Steelers offense, it was like the worst in the league besides the jets, but everyone just blamed, well, you got duck Hodges out there and Rudolph (laughs) and Ben's not there. But I often said week to week, the running back play last year was masked because the quarterback play was so bad, but it was really a poor situation. Connor can't be count on. If Jalen Samuels is out there, they throw. If Benny Snell's out there, they run. You know, McFarland has a little bit of juice this year, but, you know, who knows? You can't count on him at this point either. 
And I really think Ben is at the stage of his career. If they're going to be successful, they have to play good defense, which is in place. And they need the Terrell Davis to John Elway kind of move, you know, and they just don't have it at all. They throw a very, very high percentage of the time. And you mentioned the yards per carry and the running game, how poor it's been. They've been the worst team in the league for two years running now on third and ones, four and ones, you know, there's no Jerome Bettis. <laughs> yeah. And that predictability you bring up, I think is a great point because look, yeah. Ben lowest play action rate in the league. I know he's talked about, you know, he doesn't like, you know, turning his back the coverage or whatever that might be. And just having a running back that even if they aren't, you know, Terrell Davis good, it's hard to find one. Sure, now, right. Even if they aren't quite, you know, even loving on belt, his prime, just someone you can put out there and confuse the defense a little bit more in terms of whether it would be a runner or a pass, great points all around. And yeah, on the defense, man, not really a prime need. You brought up, you know, good points about Big Ben, and he said today, uh, you know, from an athletic article that he does not care at all about his pay in 2021. Certainly does seem like he'll be back. I will just say that what's your opinion on this, I guess, backup quarterback situation? They brought in Dwayne Haskins. Do you think the Steelers feel that one of Haskins or Rudolph could be the long-term answer here? They seem higher on Rudolph, and I don't think it's blowing smoke than I am or Steeler Nation is for that matter. That being said, Rudolph was put in a really tough situation last year. I mean, he wasn't ready and everyone crowded the line of scrimmage and beat, you know, dared him to beat him. And he wasn't ready to do that. So I wish I would have seen him in training camp and preseason and all those things that we got robbed of. But he worries me. And this is true for Haskins, too. Neither one moves very well. You know, in today's NFL, if you can't second reaction plays and, you know, when things break down and your linemen blow a block, he needs things to be pretty much paint by numbers. And Tom Brady's paint by numbers, but he has a Brady's head. <laughs> obvious, you know what I mean? So I'm not big on Rudolph as, as a potential starter. Um, the Haskins situation certainly needs to be addressed because here's all they have invested in Haskins is a re reserve future contract. Everyone makes it think like, wow, they went out and got Haskins because they think he's the next coming. They did the same thing with Paxton Lynch two years ago and no one seemed to notice. I mean, it's just a totally low, no risk move. Bring him in here. I guess him and Tomlin share the same agent and maybe a guy like Tomlin can get into Haskins and teach him how to work harder and be a professional you know, a little bit of a uh, near-death experience, near-death career experience, and you know, maybe he is a starter, but it's worth a shot, but I don't think they're counting on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, in my opinion, it was a great move because right. – yeah, it's no risk at all. And you got someone that was selected as a top 15 pick two years ago. So obviously, mm -hmm. you know, the guy can play, even if he didn't show off and show that, you know, much high of ability in Washington. I mean, look back at the last 20 years of Washington football team quarterbacks, and you're going to see Kirk Cousins and a lot of guys that flamed out. So was right. every single quarterback that bad, or did they just not have the right <laughs> system to bring it up? You know, hopefully we'll get some, uh, you know, if we'll find out either way with Haskins here soon. So, all right, good stuff there. Obviously the offense needs to be addressed. We'll move on here to kind of our gut feel around, you know, I know you're not Nostradamus. We're recording this on February 2nd, so things can change in a hurry, but just want your thoughts on these following five things as it stands right now. And that's starting off with Juju Smith-Schuster, unrestricted free agent. Matt, has his time in Pittsburgh come to an end? Oh, I think so. I mean, I think he's going to make $17, $18 million, something along those lines. An awful lot of production for being as young as he is. They've drafted extremely well. They've taken a receiver th you know, four years in a row on day two. All of them have hit, and they have cap problems. So 
Yeah, he, he's been a good stealer, but I think he's gone. Can you speak at all about like the injuries he's been playing through over the past two years? Because I understand you remove Antonio Brown from the situation, you're going to face more coverage. Sure. But like, he just didn't even look like the same athlete with the ball in his hands at certain points over the past year. No, he certainly is a tough guy, and he does play through a lot of injuries, and he's a very physical and takes a beating. But I also think maybe it was a little fluky early in his career because he's not the su super fast and he had some long gains. I think he had like a 90 yarder against the Lions a couple years yeah. ago. And there was a couple times I said, well, that's not going to keep up. And he did it a few times after that. But um, really what he is, is a power slot that doesn't get off press coverage particularly well and takes a beating. And even though he was productive, if you look at like his yards per or yards per, you know, catch, it's really low. Yeah. No, I had 2020, certainly a new low in that. I always saw him popping up uh, usually Wednesday. I think he'd be a, a DMP due to a, a knee issue, but to your point, very tough guy playing through the pain, hopefully yeah. best years of uh, Juju's career still to come. So we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills. PFF and Sunday night footballs. Chris Collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field 49ers All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. The Chris Collins with podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcast. They'll provide the most interesting football conversations and sports every single week, and sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting in the best and brightest to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars. You do not want to miss the best 60 minutes of insight this season. Have you ever wanted to give yourself better odds on winning a bet? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to do just that. That. All players who place a bet on Sunday night's basketball game between LA and Denver will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right, for every 1,000 players who bet the over on Sunday night's game, the over-under will drop by one full point. Every better who hammers the over in Sunday's Denver versus Los Angeles game helps to lower the game's over-under. And if that isn't enough excitement for you, there is a huge title fight happening this weekend at UFC 258. So we need you to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when LA takes on Denver. Again, for every 1,000 people that bet the over in Sunday's game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting, so tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code PFF for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. Okay, if we assume Juju is gone, that would seemingly lock now Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and James Washington, the three wide receiver sets. You mentioned how this team feels like they never miss on a wide receiver. It really is insane, the success they've had yeah. over the years. Do you see them using potentially another top three-round pick on the position, or are they pretty happy with that potential trio? I think they'll draft one. I mean, I'm guessing maybe third, fourth round in that neighborhood. It looks like a very deep receiver draft. I'm not a draft expert by any means yet, and I'm on I don't know, step four out of 10 in my draft <laughs> prep. But it looks like there's a lot of slots in this draft that you could probably get in that fourth round neighborhood. I think that's where they'll be looking because Deontay Johnson can play the slot, but he's probably better outside. Washington and Claypool are definitely better outside. So I think they'll be in the market for a slot and they do a great job finding them in the draft.
Yeah, uh, great point on the slot there. So if they're going to add a slot, though, do you think we could continue to see this rotation with Claypool and Washington? I know they talked about, you know, not wanting Claypool to hit a rookie wall. Deontay, you know, hey, he got fed all the targets. I know they're kind of looking at him as number one. But he to is. me, Claypool felt like one that was a little underutilized, and I would hope that he would burst out more in 2021, but maybe not with Washington still there. I'm a Claypool believer. I mean, again, I was, there was only like 10 reporters allowed at training camp at Heinz field. We didn't go away to Latrobe like we usually do. And everyone that I knew there was like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. And we saw a lot of flashes of that in his rookie year. I do think there was a little bit of a rookie wall situation there late in the year where they didn't shut him down, but at least reined him back with the thought of we need his best time in the, in the playoffs, which didn't work out for them. I think he's going to be a star, to be honest with you. And that's not a knock on Washington at all. Washington's a good player. Claypool can be a special player. And you kind of alluded to it. Deontay Johnson by no means is Antonio Brown, but they use him like the Antonio Brown. He gets the, If he's healthy, he gets the targets. I mean, he's the one, and he has been all year. Yeah, they can't be too con- – I mean, okay, you're concerned about the drops. I get it. But, you know, I maintain yeah. if you look at the drop leaderboard in any year, you're going to see a bunch of good players up there, more of just, you know, bad, bad year down. I mean, that's – Deontay does still have the trust organization. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Roethlisberger. And it was really like a three-week stretch where he had the drops. I mean, I don't know what was in his head. He doesn't have a bad history of it. So I'm not concerned with that. That's good. I'm not concerned either. I just want to make sure that the Steelers yeah, – ultimately, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what <laughs> those guys think. So that is good to hear. And, yeah, great to hear on Claypool. The guy scored 13 touchdowns in 17 games in his first year. And I've literally had people go, oh, will you take away the four-touchdown game? How many guys are out there scoring four touchdowns? We can't right. take away the guy's best performance and hold him to that, Hopefully, hoping for really big things from him next year. And if year you want to take sure. that away, then you better add – I'm almost positive he led the league in pass interference yardage. Oh, so, you, yeah. I mean, getting downfield, somebody drags him down that would have been a touchdown or a long gain. He didn't get credit for any of those. No, that's a great point. I believe the only guy with more like deep ball pass interference penalties drawn over the past 10 years was like Torrey Smith on that 2014 wow. yeah, Ravens yeah. team. So truly a threat down the field for sure. Okay. So you talked about the Haskins signing again, low risk, and he's not even, he's just on a futures contract. Right. He may point. not make the team. I was about to say, so it probably wouldn't be shocking at all to see the Steelers potentially put, you know, top four round pick to the QB position. I bet it happens next year. They have more draft capital. They have a lot more cap space next year. I bet they ride it out with Rudolph as the two. Ben is the starter. Try to run it back. You mentioned they won 11 in a row. I mean, they always will view themselves as a contender. And Haskins is a total wild card. If he does something stupid tonight, he could get let go. He could come to camp and light it up and be maybe a potential starter. I mean, so um, unless somebody falls in their lap, I think they have other needs, like I said, offensive line, running back, wide receiver. They could use a tight end. I mean, they need everything on offense in, re- in some way, shape, or form. I think that the, the quarterback position is next year's project. And yeah, verdict obviously still out on Mason Rudolph, but to his credit, you know, 315 yards, pair of touchdowns in that week 17 game. And he showed, you know, a deep ball goodness that was really missing from the offense for large portions of the year. So in 2021, at least certainly seems like the QB room, it could be, you know, at worst, you know, an average unit again. All right. Last thing with the offense. So with this backfield, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels and McFarland. So who do you, even if they, if they don't draft, you know, a first round guy or like really devote someone to it out of that, like, how do you see that three man rotation playing out? If unfortunately they don't add anybody. 
it's awful. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like the Snell pick. To his credit, he plays very hard. He's done the little things since he's been here, like work on special teams and pass protection that he didn't have to do at college. Samuels, to me, is a running back tight end mix, which isn't – just doesn't have enough juice <laughs> to be a receiving type guy. I don't know if either one of those two is even on the team next year when it's all said and done. Wow. I mean, at a minimum, they're – I mean, uh, if, if Connor goes in free agency and nobody touches him, maybe he comes back for a one-year league minimum deal. Maybe they sign a Carlos Hyde or a Jamal Williams or a Gallman or somebody cheap and then draft somebody in the first three rounds. They can't go with what they have. Um, I kind of ignored McFarland because he could still hit. I mean, a preseason would have done him a lot of good. He dances a lot more than he should, but there's obvious ability there. Um, I think he's just another wild card, kind of like the Haskins situation. If he hits, great. If he doesn't, so be it. Yeah, that's a good point with Hyde and Williams and those guys. I mean, a situation where, you know, sometimes we're doing these offseason best ball drafts, really trying to look ahead. And I was wondering if Snell maybe could be a value, but it just seems uh, like they are destined to address that position in some way, shape, or form. They have stuff to. There. All right, so last thing I want here, look, on the, look at the defense. I mean, I'm looking at 2021 cap dollars, and we got each of Joe Hayden, Stephon Tua, Cameron Hayward, Stephen Nelson, TJ Watt, all making eight figures against the cap next year. I mean, Micah Fitzpatrick still got him. Uh, you know, he's not going to be an unrestricted free agent until 2023, but I'm assuming that's going to be someone, you know, fishing for an extension soon. Do any of these veterans, you know, again, Hayden, Tua, Hayward, Nelson, obviously not Watt, but any of those first four, they stick out as people that, you know, maybe could be a surprise cut or a surprise trade just because at some point the Steelers got to try to save some money. They, they're against it right now. I mean, they, right now they have cap issues, but what people don't realize is a year from now, they have gobs and gobs of cap space, you know? And, and so skies like Hayward, I think they can, you know, extend and move that down the road. And, and a lot of the players on the team, they can do that with, um, but you're right. TJ Watt and Minka are going to be big, big money guys, and they're going to pay them. I mean, they're not going anywhere. They're foundations of the defense. I think Hayden has a 66% chance to return. All the others you mentioned, I think, will return. He's not as big a name, but he's a kind of a loved stealer. I don't think Vince Williams will get – I think he gets the ax. Okay. And, you know, and obviously Bud Dupree is going to leave him free agency, I think. It's interesting. Yeah, it really is, you know, just one of the more complete teams in the NFL. We talked about the offensive line running back, but as a whole, man, if they can fix those, maybe Ben second year off the injury playing a little bit better, truly a Super Bowl contender in 2021. All right, great stuff all the way around, Matt. Do you have an offseason bull call with the draft or free agency or anything else? I wish I did. You kind of sprung (laughs) that on me right before we went live and it's been kicking around in the back of my head. How about about a first round pick positional win? See, I think Najee Harris may end up in in Pittsburgh at 24, and he would be exactly what they need. I also think that 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 could be a tackle. I don't think it could be a center. Um, I think it's a very good trade-down situation that maybe you end up with three or four second-day picks and and address all these needs without a lot of star power. So I do think a prominent rookie running back will end up in Pittsburgh. And I would put Pittsburgh and Atlanta as my two best potential landing spots for running backs this year. 
Yeah, I mean, Harris, even someone like ETN, like they're going to need someone to probably help inhabit some of those underneath areas of the field, particularly if Juju's gone. So, you know, okay, you're drafting a running back in the first round. We don't like that uh, usually, but if it's someone that can help impact the pass game a lot too, might just be best for both parties. So, Matt, thank you for the time, man. Great stuff. People can find you on Twitter at uh, Williamson NFL. Anything else you got on the docket you want to preach out? No, check out the uh, the Peacock and Williamson show. Um, and uh, you mentioned I do Locked On Dynasty uh, with Ryan McDowell, too, which is really good. That used to be Dynasty Blueprint. Uh, I have a show for the Steelers. If you guys are Steelers fans, it's called The Drive. It's right on the Steelers app. It's right on the Steelers website. I do a bunch of videos for them as well. So always busy. Ryan McDowell, truly one of the godfathers of oh, the uh, dynasty industry. Make sure you guys check out <laughs> Locked On Dynasty for sure. Might have you back on a little bit later, man, once we get in the dynasty swing of things. But awesome. Yeah, man. Awesome stuff. And uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, again, sneaky content. Maybe, you know, maybe not sneaky, but keep an eye on those Super Bowl odds. Again, not too far away from potentially being a true contender. So he's Matt. I'm Ian. This has been the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, take care, everybody.